welcome everybody to a special episode of Legion's Cast. That's right, this is not the 40th episode. This is not the Legion's Len episode you've all been waiting for. This is a special thing we decided to throw together. Because, you know, here's the deal. It's the last time we're going to get to record before Mythic Weekend. Before Legion's Cast and G-Con and... And we really wanna we wanted to put something together. Uh, we're calling this the the road trip, the mythic, uh, the Legion's Con road trip special. That's what we're calling this. This is so people, you know, even if you're not going, this is still gonna be fun for you. But this is so people can jump in their car, head to Legion's Con. We know a lot of you have a drive. Listen to us on the way and get pumped for the upcoming uh, the upcoming event. So. Um, and you know what we're going to do here is is we you know you guys have at this time everybody's had Legion's Con beat into their head. You've heard about it. What's going to be there? We we're excited. We're pumped. It's sold out. We can't sell any more tickets. We can't. You know, there's there's really nothing to do at this point but be excited. So instead of focusing on Legion's Con, we're going to focus on G-Con. Because G-Con, you know, I mean really. That's a big part of this weekend. That's where we're going to see the new stuff, the new wave is going to be revealed. And, and whether you're there watching it, if you're lucky enough to be there and have gotten into for intern for the day, or if you, you just happen to be there because of um, you're important like me, or, uh, you know, whatever. It's still just as fun being at home and watching these, these reveals. So anybody, you know, anybody here that loves this stuff has a fantastic experience ahead of them so we're going to uh we're gonna have some fun but first i'll tell you who i am uh, you, most of you know i'm lord steve bishotti uh and with me is uh len laguardia what's going on len not much steve i got that nervous excited energy already starting to build up yeah Ooh. for the for the con oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah I bet, I bet a lot of people do. It's it's getting so real. I mean, this is Thursday as we record this, uh, which means a week from today, I probably will still be driving or riding, and uh, but I'll be getting close to close to the destination. And other people will have been finished with um, their intern for a day. And speaking of people that are going to be an intern for a day. Our guest today, Jeremy Gerard, he's way too busy this time of year. We can't get him. It's okay, though, because we got Curtis Ackerman with us today to, to have some fun with us. How you doing, Curtis? Hey, I'm doing really good, really well. Uh, looking forward to Legion's Con. Very excited at this point. And uh, I do have one thing to admit to you guys. Um, in order to get on the show, I told you I was from Sweden, but I am not. So I hope I can stay. Do you know somebody from Sweden that can replace you? Not not at the moment, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're all sleeping. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, what we thought we are going to do is we're going to focus on the two factions that uh, are going to be the stars of this show, as far as we know. I mean, that's kind of what we're all expecting. We could honestly could be wrong, but I don't think we're going to be wrong. Um, so we've got Necronominus. And uh, Ethereon. That's how I say it. I don't know if it's right, but that's what we're saying. So uh, we got knights and we got skeletons or undead or whatever you want to say. In the past, it's been a lot of skeletons. Um, 
and the plan is we're going to read some bios and we're going to kind of just enjoy and talk about these two factions see if it stimulates some predictions of what we might see or maybe get, get the juices flowing and uh, maybe some ideas will pop into our heads of what we might like to see so Lanny, you ready for this i think so i think so i got a, i got so much so much incredible feedback from my bio readings from last time yeah. and i can't wait everyone everyone get ready most people it. agree that you're the second worst buyer or second worst reader oh that hurts that hurts. I was living on the high that everyone really enjoyed what I had to say and how I pronounced things. Oh, I think but they I tried it. my best. I think they enjoy it. I didn't that's not a reflection on enjoyment. So okay. uh, you really gonna be our reader. Well. What's that, Curtis? I said you really took the torch well from Travis, that's for sure. Oh, that's a torch I could never bear. I don't think anyone can. Um yeah, so uh, we're starting with Necronominus. Let's do it. Necronominus, you want to start at the top? Or what I think the top is? All right, we're going to start with Morgolith, high priestess and leader of the congregation of Necronominus. Morgolith rules with a resigned coldness reflected in her faction's deadly efficiency. Less savage than her brothers, Malleus and Mandibulus. Her ability to see through the eyes of her dead soldiers keeps her perpetually aware of her army's actions. Truly believing that the moment has arrived for her father, Necronomus' return, Morgulith is readying her faction for a new era of evil. Great job. Trent. Amazing. Oh, let's, hear, let's hear you say the plural of Necronomus' or. Necronominus. Necronominus. return, right? Mm, I don't know. I don't know either. But okay, we'll go with it. That'll work. Interesting character. Totally I, I, interesting. Yeah, I mean, she. So she's the high priestess. She's she's the she's the bonehead in charge, right? I mean, that's how I'm taking it. Yeah, it sounds like her brothers are the the the, the muscle. She and mm -hmm. she can see what's going on with her soldiers so she's like hive minding in this thing right right that's awesome i never really noticed that before she has that like um seer type thing like like um like bran from game of thrones that she can see through other people's eyes yeah and i i like just i think the horsemen do a good job of putting these women in places of power um you know i i know we've We've heard kind of talk about the num sheer numbers of, you know, male versus female characters. But some of these female characters have really important roles. And this is one of them that, that I, I look at and I'm like, man, she's like I'm on my collection. She's the number one person. She's she's the center, you know. Absolutely. Um, if, she, if you have a throne, she's going in the throne, right? Yeah. Well, until we get this next wave, who knows what we're going to get. But for right now, yeah, absolutely. Well, she's the daughter of Necronominus, so she's, I mean, I'm assuming she's right below him. Right. So, uh, and he's, 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 I mean, we're guessing by the, the his track record, he's going to be on a horse, so she should be on a throne. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next, let's do uh, Malleus. 
As one of the three remaining children of Necronominus himself, Malleus is true underworld royalty, serving as the ear of Necronominus until his sisters re- until his master's return. He serves as judge, jury, and executioner to any who pose a threat to his father's teachings. A deeply devout follower of his father's word in scripture, Malleus quickly dispatches those who diverge from the path that have chosen that has been chosen for his congregation. So this is like the muscle. Absolutely. The, uh, yeah. the this is like the because this is sounding really culty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because they're talking about, and he's like a fundamentalist. He's like a, you don't, you don't, you don't veer away from the teachings or whatever doctrine there is that they they go by. It's pretty cool. I, I like how so far. So the sister is the eyes. He's the ears. So far. Yeah, I noticed that too. What does it mean yep. to be the ear? So he listens to everything and reports back. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's just he's. He's all kind of paying attention. Kind of, sound, kind of sounds like he's a little, he's a little bit of a snitch, you know. Yeah, a little, little bit of a Weasley character. I don't know. Yeah, and and I know um, it's neat that he, you know, they call him, he's the executioner. He comes with two giant battle axes. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think out of all of them, he's probably the one you don't want to see on the battlefield. Agreed. Agreed. And as far as the uh, physical attributes, he has that just great classic skeleton look. You know, he's he's with the gold, the light gold and the green touches. It, it, the figure itself is is really nice. Mm-hmm. We've had him tw- twice now, right? Yeah. In All Stars. Twice, and even yeah. though he's an early, he, he's an early figure, and they've you know they keep getting more extravagant. He still holds up. Yeah, and they did a real good job on the armor on that one too, where it's kind of dirtied and and you know looks like he's been in battle. This isn't you know, he's he's not standing in the throne room. He's definitely out on the field. Brother Mandibulus. Mandibulus is the most vocal and visible of Necronomus's three remaining children, often springing into action on his sister Morgulus' behalf. His aggressive ruthlessness is terrifying to behold. While his brother Malleus is obsessed with the, prevent- the preservation of their father's teachings and his sister Morgulith is focused on leading their faction, Mandibulus' sights are set on the complete slaughter of all who oppose his family and their disciples. So he, he's a wrecking ball. Yeah, that's heavy. I mean, before reading his bio, like we just said, we think Malleus is kind of the muscle, but it sounds like Mandibulus is, is more the muscle to me. I don't know. It, so- it sounds like Mandibulus is uh, got a lot of wrath and, and anger, but I don't know if he's necessarily disposing of people himself or if he is just leading forces to do that. Like, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't it doesn't seem to me like he's getting as down and dirty um, as, as Malleus, but I could be wrong. He's obsessed with slaughter. That sounds dirty. Yeah, but it also says he's he's most vocal. So sounds like he kind of talks a good game, but yeah. So anyways, right. we're expecting Ooh. to see Necronominus, and these are his three kids that are holding the fort trying to bring him back. That's an interesting right. that's an interesting vision of 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 what Necronominus might look like. We don't know. But for some reason, in my brain, I'm seeing, which I know it's not going to be this, but 
because there's the three of them, there's three kids, you expect him to be bigger. I wonder if he can be brute scale. Could they do a brute scale and put him on a horse? Uh, maybe. Would it look right? I I think the feet would drag a little, but I maybe if you did something like different legs on the horse to make it a little taller. I don't know. I mean, you we can obviously we can take cue from the faction logo. It almost it has either wings or almost like a spider look to it. Um, there's almost like a wolf head on the top of the skeleton's head if you look at the faction logo, because they kind of play off the other ones too. Like right, like Arathir had that mask the same way the faction logo had it. So I kind of picture that like following following suit for that. You know, I'm I'm guessing maybe wings. I don't know how you'd have wings on a horse, but you, something like that. Very interesting. Yeah, I think even if if it was brute scale, I mean, obviously it'd be taller than the other, the you know other three of the four, um, but it would also have it would. I'm I'm assuming it's going to be a skeleton, you know, so it's going to be thinner, so it may not look as bad as brute scale on a horse. I I don't know. It's a, it's yeah. an interesting idea for sure. You're definitely right about the spider aesthetic though with that that logo. Interesting. Yeah. It's- I think that's an interesting tell on what we might see, but you never know. Mandibulus is interesting because, well, he came out in Advent of Decay, so he was kind of later. But I remember when he came out, and he man, he took everyone by storm because he just has a, such an amazing visual look to the figure with the the black, the white, the two different color, um, either skirts or cloth pieces that were all tattered and torn up. And then he has that very distinct head with the visor. Yes. Yeah, and the, and the broken horn too. It's uh, yeah. He's he's a cool looking figure for sure. Yeah, I remember a lot of being very excited when he came out because he just had a very unique look and build to him. Very cool. Who who should we do next? Well, I guess we'll go to who would we call a lieutenant maybe? Clavian. I like to, I like to read Clavian's bio well, because it's it's sure. kind of interesting. It's a character do you, do you actually want to read it, or you want me to read it? No, I want you to read it. Oh, okay, all right. Here we go, Clavian. Unlike other skeleton soldiers raised from the dead, Clavian and his crimson-hued brethren are reborn of magic steeped in blood. The foul sorcery used to regenerate these scarlet demons also grants them augmented strength and the ability to remove and brandish their own bones as weapons, only to regrow them again and again. The magic running through Clavian's bones renders even his slightest touch lethally poisonous. That's crazy. Very. Because, okay, Clavian is a figure that a lot of people don't have. First first run, um, kick original Kickstarter figure. And... No all-star. It's, his bio writes in one of the coolest things is, is is being able to use his own body parts for weapons and regrow new body parts. Yet we don't have any weapons that represent that. He's a boss. Plus he's poisonous. I mean he's he's a scary figure by his bio. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I take? Go ahead, Curtis. I'm just. I, I think it's interesting the whole using his own bones as weapons, but then it also says that his bones, you know, are lethally poisonous. So if you get hit by one of his weapons, I mean, is that enough to take you out? 
If so, that's pretty powerful. I'll tell you what I farm out of that bio, which I didn't really notice until reading it just now. Um, He has crimson-hued brethren, so that means there's more than one. Well, isn't think about it. Um, (laughs) Pelvicus. Oh. Is a red skin is a red boned fury, and he was kicked out of Necronominus for. So is Necronomicon, is he part, is he like Clavian then? Yes, I'm calling it. It could be. I mean, I I don't know. We don't know what causes the Fury Clan members to be red. Were they, were they red before they were in the Fury Clan? Or did something happen to cause them to turn red? Because if so, then Pelvicus may not have always been that way. Or the same blood magic could be imbuing all the Fury Clan. Could be. I mean, because it even says uh, grants them augmented strength and the ability to. So it's a, it's more than just Clavian that can have these that has these powers. They they all have it from the from the red bones. That's really cool. That's pretty interesting. I'm doing it. I'm going to Clavian or uh, Pelvicus's. See, well, Pelvicus after was... reading that. Pelvicus was once counted amongst the blood magic powered skeletons. Isn't that what he is? Isn't that what yep. Clavian is? Yep. Yes. Yes, so he there is. We, there we have the answer. So he was red anyway. Gotcha. So I'm going to call for Clavian the next time we have all-star voting. If we have all-star voting. He needs to be chosen this time around. Yep. Well, it would be a lot easier to Legion build that then, for sure. Yeah. To have an, If you want an army of these, you know, blood skeletons that would be an easy way of doing it absolutely and that's why i think we need it make it happen everyone it's not because i I don't have one it's not because curtis doesn't have one (laughs) it's not because he's the one of the only skeletons i'm missing i have one and i take another so you know i'm good man um vote for him he's he's (laughs) he's pretty cool and that you know it's kind of cool history because i mean we could see we could see another one it's possible we could see another blood magic skeleton at G-Con. So question on this one, because I don't I don't have this figure and I'm just I only see the one picture on the site. Um, it doesn't show him with any pauldrons. Um, and I was looking at the accessories. It doesn't list pauldrons. Uh, it does say shield with clip, but I don't see that in the picture. So is that correct that he has no pauldrons, but there is a shield that's not pictured here? <laughs> I think he has pauldrons, but I have to get up and go look at him. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pickup there, Curtis. That's definitely uh interesting. You you I don't think there's a whole lot of him out in the world, considering he's only you know, he was only in the one wave, and I don't think he was a massively ordered one. You just don't see him that often. So there's probably not a ton of information. I'll bet you a lot of them got customized too. Yeah, I mean, we we see a lot of, you know, people selling figures on Facebook and whatever. And I don't know that I've ever seen this figure come up, if I'm being honest. Um, I saw him uh, come up um, once recently and he sold immediately. He was pretty expensive, too. Um, And besides that, I rarely, rarely ever saw him come up. I kind of think that this character falls if you're not reading the bio and digging into it, it kind of falls into like the gold skeleton and, and things like that, where people are like, ah, it's just a basic skeleton that they colored a certain way. And, you know, I don't need that. 
Oh. Oh, that's cool. Not only does he have a shield with a clip, but it's a red shield with the Necronominus logo, faction logo on it. Yeah, with a red cool. field behind it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a really nice shield. Okay, listeners, it's your job to vote for him. We have to get him into the next All-Stars. Yep. Okay. I, I will say I've never read that bio. That is pretty cool. It's very cool. I think next I'm going to jump to Tibius. All right. With his Camaro racing stripe skeleton head. Tibius, one of the most ancient living skeletons roaming the earth. Tibius commands many of the deadlier battalions in Necromonimus' army. Single-minded to a fault, he is consumed with recruiting soldiers and bolstering his ranks. A master fighter in his own right, Tibius is renowned for the savage skill he displays while wielding his twin swords on the battlefield. I've always loved this figure. Uh, Has been in a recent... Not that long ago, All Stars mm-hmm. Wave. All Stars Four. Um, could you? I think he could use an update. Like, his his swords were just the straight swords, you know. I mean, you. I think a, a different pair of swords would really make him pop. Um, but I don't know. He's pretty cool. I, I could see that. I I love the. He's got the tattered cape. Um, the, the head is obviously very distinctive with the, you know, the racing stripes. Um, and yeah, I like him being a swordsman and being kind of a master of, you know, the swords, but I, I think you're right. If you, you had a little bit, something a little bit more special in terms of the swords, it might make him pop a little bit more. Yeah, he's very cool. He's, um, it's interesting that he's one of the oldest of the living, so to say, skeletons. Mm-hmm. So he's been around a long time. So that that's really cool. He's um he was in 1.0 and All-Stars 4. And he just has that classic skeleton build. He's a great one of a base to use for your customs because he just has that really nice classic body. You can throw anything on it. He's he's a very cool character. One thing that's also interesting on this character is the the waist piece that he's got. It it like um doesn't hang down on the side like most of them. It's just got like those two loops. Yes. So you can keep some like daggers or swords or something. That's kind of a neat piece that you don't see on a whole lot of figures. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It wasn't utilized a ton. So All who, right. who's next? Who's next? Next let's go with the let's go with the man in green himself. Scaffold. Scaphoid. When truly gifted magic users are killed and reborn by Necronominus' hand, their power seeps into their bones, staining them with spiritual remnants of their past life. Brimming with foul magic, these cursed skeletons have little control over their power, making them unpredictable time bombs of magical energy. Often thrown into a fight just to lay waste to all who surround them, Some learn to master their unstable talents. The most accomplished of these mystical masters is Scaphoid. Chosen to represent Necronominus at the Covenant of Shadows, Scaphoid has been tasked with unleashing his dark power on all present if the proceedings go awry. That's pretty cool. Cool. 
I like this one because, um, you know, I, I've heard the question often, you know, are the skeletons in Mythic Legions always skeletons or they were they once something else, a human or an orc or whatever, and then they're brought back as a skeleton. And at least in this bio, it talks about, you know, people being killed and reborn by Necronomitus's hand um, and then, you know, brimming with this foul magic. So at least in this instance with these cursed skeletons, uh, they were reborn. So I think that's cool. True. That's very cool. It sounds it's pretty cool. It's like it's like they're uh, I like the whole ticking time bomb of magical energy. But he is he's a good he can control. He has more control. He's like mastered his uh, his his magic powers. It's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it, it's a lot to digest, really, with, with the bio. There's a lot there. I feel like it's um, like extremists. In our in Iron Man three, you know, like like some of them they can't control and they blow up. Mm-hmm, yeah. But then like, you know, then there's people that can kind of control it. It seems. I don't know. Yeah, my my question is: is are all of them uh, green? I don't know. Like, is this what they all look like? Like like we just saw with um, you know, with the red skeleton, um, Clavian, Clavian. Like or, uh, he's just so Scaffold is just a specific one who can control it and who has a history. But is are there other green former magic users? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the more that we read about these characters, like I've always like when I think of the different factions, I mean, obviously, Aerithir's got numbers. They got, you know, just massive amounts of characters in, in the Aerithir faction. But when you look at this, there's not a lot of character so far i mean obviously we're getting ready to get a new wave in the necronominous way you know faction but you've got ones that are poisonous to their bones you know yeah. you got ones that are taking time palms that'll blow up so you know you get a lot of those you know even just soldiers in the field that's pretty dangerous army for yeah. sure they're they're more legion i i take it the the necronominous they're yeah you know from the builders that we didn't name yet to even Scaphoid or you know Clavian, they're they're showing that there's more legion to them. So we, we there's there's only certain named ones that we with a personality or a bio that we know. Mm-hmm. But there's there they could be a massive horde army of, of legion. It's interesting. Yeah, kind of kind of like a, a stormtrooper type vibe. Like I could see you know really building out this faction with a bunch of multiples of the same figure. Definitely. I think that's why we have more more builders probably than the other factions, I think, in here, because we have multiples. Um, it's interesting, too, because I, I see there it has a, you know, under character details, there's race and it's a, the race is poison skeleton. So it's just it just shows us that there's more of him or more of that type. OK, we moving on. We got to get Hagnon. on. Yeah, I know. I'm saving him. You're saving here we him. go. I'm saving them. I'm savoring the Hagnon. Hagnon. Once a proud soldier in the Order of Aetherion. Alright, picture that. What's he look like, man? He's a proud soldier. He's in Aetherion. What does this guy look like? Maybe we'll see it. We might see it at G-Con. We see Uh time warps. We've been seeing time warps, right? 
That would be Hagnon cool. led a legendary campaign that led to one of the congregation of Necronomus's greatest defeats. Later, hunted and captured by the treacherous Brother Mandibulus, he was brought to the unforgiving Morgolith for his final reckoning. In a chilling act of vengeance, Morgolith ended Hagnon's life and resurrected him as one of her own. Eternally chained and shackled for his crimes, he has became, become the menacing and forever conflicted ghostly agent of Necronominus. Ooh. So my, my Hagnon in my head, he's like Gollum. He like talks to himself, you know. He's like, yeah, we're nice and yow, fast. you know. He's like all crazy. Well, it says he's conflicted, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. What, what, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're keeping him in chains and shackles. So does he fight for Necronominus, or is he just like always a prisoner? Like, I mean, he comes with a sword and a shield, but is that from his prior life, or is I don't know. Those are all questions we might know the answer of soon. It's possible. I've never thought of having a earlier version of him before he was in this form. That That is a really cool idea. That would be neat to get. It is. Somebody mentioned it last night, I think, on Mythic, Legion, or Mythic Conversations. One of the Somebody made a comment about having a, a, a live version of Hagnon, but... But then I read that bio today, and I was like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. he Interestingly, again, the race is ghost. So what's up with that? Like, he's the only ghost. It doesn't say why she made him a ghost. It just said that Morgulith resurrected him as one of her own, which would be a skeleton. But for some reason, he's a spirit. That looks like a skeleton. Yeah. I mean, but that's interesting. Head doesn't, but he's got a skeleton body. Um, so on this character, does the glow in the dark do anything for you guys? Yeah, because I'm I am a sucker for that. I think it's pretty fun. I never use it. <laughs> yeah, I never see it. I love anything translucent, so I love that aspect of it. The translucent, you know, especially that he comes with a couple extra heads and. And just his armor and stuff. I love the translucent, but the fact that it glows in the dark really doesn't do anything for me. I like glow in the dark. I think it's yeah. fun. It's yeah. fun. And translucent's cool, so it's like a double up. I mean, you know. It's, yeah. Why not make it glow in the dark? No yeah, reason not well. to. It always kind of hurts me when I see people that have taken the Hagnon head and painted it because <laughs> it's glow in the dark. It, it does look neat, though. No, I think yeah. it's cool. I'd like to see Yeah, one. it makes a cool zombie. I'd like yeah. to see them reuse that sculpt and so that it wouldn't feel bad to me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool. You have to charge them up, though. Yeah. Which is, you know, like all glow in the dark. My wife gets mad when I take them under the covers, though. And I'm like, hey, come here, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like uh I mean I've I've got some other glow in the dark type figures like my my uh scare glow for Mondo like that thing really lights up. The Hagnon doesn't light up near as much but um that's why when they were talking about the blue one I'm like, eh, I mean I'd like to have more Hagnons but whether he's blue or green, I don't care, whatever. Give me a pink one. I mean as long as as long as when you first look at him it's the like the translucent 
and you don't really see color, then I think it's fine. Definitely. All right, so. Anything else in this one? Or are we going on to the Etheron? Well, no, there's still one left. He's the one that's, you know. The non-dwarf? non-dwarf. Yeah, yeah, that dwarf, one. Non-dwarf. I usually save the dwarfs for last. <laughs> Ilgar. One of the most notorious and brutal warriors in the northern kingdom of Vikenfell. Ilgar was not to be stopped, even by death itself. Thanks to a deal struck with Necronominus' son, Malleus, he was born as a shambling, skeletal semblance of his former, former self. Oh, no, reborn. That's important. Now more bloodthirsty than ever before, Ilgar is one of the congregation's most savage fighters. So, that sounds like a guy that's ruthless. You know, yeah. he'll make a deal. Barbarian? I'm guessing. He's, yeah. It sounds like a barbarian name, doesn't it? Ilgar could be like... It sounds vi- very Viking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his role is Viking. The race is skeleton, so he's your basic skeleton. But it's definitely um, has that barbarian feel to it. Bearded head or skeleton head? Bearded. Really? I'm I'm skeleton head all the way. I did skeleton head originally, and he was on my shelf as a skeleton for till not that long ago. When I, because I had actually lost his head and then i found it the bearded head and uh now he's wearing the beard and i'm like yeah i've got too many skeletons without beards so i might as well mm. have the one with the beard i don't know teaches Len, what do you think len um i don't care i don't know about either head but i'm definitely gonna put pants on him <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> yeah some of these guys need pants. Pants. Well, if you're gonna have your thighs out, you might have, you gotta have big, strong thighs. These guys have little bony thighs. I guess. I don't yeah, know. Tibius that black, is the same. That black skull to me is pretty awesome. Uh, I like that. And the, the armor. Can we talk about that armor for a second? The the tarnished look. It's really cool. Like, yeah. oh man. Like I don't have this figure yet, but obviously we got it coming with the next All Star Wave and. And I'm I'm looking forward to that. That armor looks awesome. I agree with you, Curtis. I'm not. I don't have him either. He doesn't excite me, in all honesty. But I have a feeling he's one of those. Once I get him, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be like, ooh, ooh. Like I'm gonna really like like him because totally. I'll I'll. It, it's not that the pictures aren't great, but I feel like the the pictures don't do him justice. I've never seen him one in real in person, so that's how I feel about that. He's really yeah. good. I think you'll like him. Great. So just wrapping up and rounding out um, Necronominus, we have builders. There's the, the new deluxe skeleton Legion builder, right? Like we're getting now. Um, the skeleton, which is a Legion builder. The skeleton soldier, which is the one that comes with the two torsos, which is the 2.0 body style. And the gold skeleton, which was a very limited... 1.0 series kind of alternate to the normal skeleton. So there's quite a bit of builders. And then the the um, Okiatus, which is the new uh, PowerCon figure. Yeah. Which he's fun too, but 
And he has the spider kind of look to him, which is all the way what Necronomus seems to be yes. hinting at. So that's pretty cool. We could see more of them for sure. Absolutely. So that all being, you know, now that we've kind of taken a look at the faction, any predictions? Any any wants? <laughs> I know people are talking about a skeleton, a skeleton horse. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, if they did that, that'd be pretty bold. Cause I don't know that you're going to get a lot of multiple use out of that with other figures. Um, so it's not like you're going to really be able to reuse that tooling. Um, I think it might be something more along the lines of what we got with Poxus where like a, a leg or two is kind of skeleton like, like maybe some flesh coming off or something. Uh, but I don't know about a skeleton horse if we're actually going to get that. And then the the other big want that I would have would be a skeleton ogre would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think that ogre would have the same um, flaws in production as what the horse would, though? Like, because, I mean, you're you're talking about now another more tooling for that. Yeah. I mean, I think they could probably put out a few different skeleton ogres, though. I You know, whereas horses... I don't know that they would ha- – I don't know. For some reason, I don't think they would be able to get as much use out of a skeleton horse as they would a skeleton ogre body. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, that makes sense. You never know. You never know, though, right? Yeah. Especially if you – I mean, if you did – like most of the ogres and half-giants that we've got right now, in fact, I think all of them have been bare-chested. But if you did one with armor, you know, kind of like the skeletons that we've been looking at, like really the only part that's bone is their head and their arms and legs. Um, so if they came up with a new, you know, ogre torso that was armored, then you could just throw some bone arms and legs in there. I don't know. There's that. Yeah. Here's what I think we're going to see. What do you yeah. think, Steve? Two horses, non-skeletal, pulling a carriage. The carriage is a rib cage of a giant of an ogre. So it's ribs and it's skeletal and necronominous is being is in the rib cage. Wow. Going big. Yeah. Went, Talk about new tooling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just blew the tooling budget for like three years. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it would be cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> Would it, would it have a driver, a separate driver? That oh, sits yeah, in why not? We we're, we're, yeah. might as well just keep going. There's... Someone riding shotgun? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. What about you, Len? What, what do you want to see or expect to see? What do I expect? I'm with you. I, I pretty much agree with everything that you said, Curtis. The, the skeletal horse um, seems like it's going to be the most sense in some form. We don't know what, but, I you know, in some form. Um. I would, I think it would be really cool to see some other, like a skeletal, a different race in mm. um, skeletal form, because of course we've had, um, you know, like they're knights almost that have turned into skeletons, but maybe we'll see a true dwarf instead of pretending that Ilgar's one. Like maybe <laughs> we'll have like a real dwarf skeleton. Um, I, yeah, I think and, and it'd be we, really we, cool to see Hagnon, um, but not in Necronominus, to see him on the other side. That would be really cool. We've seen some uh, like 3D companies come out with like orc uh, skeleton heads. 
I think it would be interesting to see what the horseman would do with something like that with it, you know, whether it's an, an orc or a goblin or something like that as a skeleton. Oh, I like that. Yeah. A goblin would be really cool. That would be neat. A little goblin creature skeleton or like, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I, I think if they did it in the, in the 2.0 skeleton scale or, or, or goblin scale, that would be really cool. Cause we, we've been seeing a lot of 1.0 goblins lately. I yeah. feel like, so it'd be cool to have that, like the smaller stature in a skeletal way, but that'd be really cool. And I think that that's right. That's, that's something I could see them doing. They've, yeah. Like they've done the, you know, you guys know the timekeepers, those little yep. creatures, you know, they're, oh, they're yeah, not yeah. skeletal, but I could just see a little, I could just see it. I could see them doing that. That would be really fun. I think the 1.0 goblins is a way to appease the dwarf fans without actually giving them a dwarf. So <laughs> it's like we hear yeah. you, but but we don't want to give you a dwarf. So here's this. <laughs> yeah, here's everything but the neck peg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So are we ready to move on here? Hell, heck yes. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm actually more excited for the night, so I'm I'm Whew. stoked about getting into this next part. This is interesting. The Very order of Ethereon. How do you how do you guys say it? I say Etheron. I would have said like you just said it, Len. Ethereon. Ethe- Ethereon. I don't know what's right, but that's just Okay. Well I'm not I'm gonna start I'm not gonna start at the tippy top with this one. I am gonna start with um Magnum P.I. himself, Sir Gideon Heavensbrand. As the leader of the Order of Ethereon, Sir Gideon Heavensbrand has guided the Order into a new golden age. The once disgraced Order has flourished under his command, reclaiming, reclaiming its sanctity and the respect of the people it protects. Sir Gideon's unwavering faith in the crowned eagle god Ethereon have only strengthened his resolve and given him the courage to defeat the dark armies of Mythos. Yeah. There you I, go. I'll tell you what, when, when, when I was a kid and I would have thought of a knight, this is what I would have thought of. Like, this is the prototypical, like, this is a knight. Absolutely. He's, uh, he's one of my favorite figures to this day. I know Len doesn't like mustaches. I'm fine with it. Uh, I always have his helmet open so that you can see his awesome mustache. And uh, when you pair him with the Heaven's Brand sword, he, is, he still holds up today. However, I think there is a possibility we might see a 2.0. And I can't imagine what they're going to do with that. I'm, ho- <laughs> I'm hoping we don't. Just because I just spent a lot of money on mine, <laughs> and, and I, I'm not looking forward to because their 2.0 versions are so good, and I don't want a better version of the one that I've got now because I love it so much. So that's respectful, definitely. Yeah, he's super cool. I mean, from the from the head visor that can be displayed both ways, which is really cool. You know, like some people that don't have him. Let's face it, there's a lot of people that don't have him, don't realize that. And he has um, been re-released. He was in the first All-Stars wave, I think. Right. Yeah, but even All-Stars 1 is, Pretty, that's, yeah. it's long gone for a lot of people. So. Yeah. 
you know, he he is a very interesting to me um, look about him in that his tabard is pure white. And I think that says a lot. Um, all of his cloth, which would be, you know, it's not real cloth, but his sculpted cloth is just pure white. And that's awesome because yes. it just shows like his, his purity. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a symbol. Did you guys have the uh, the War Duke figure when you were a kid, the, the little action figure? I did. I did. There was a knight opposite yep. of him, and I can't think of what his name was for the yeah, life. He was blue and silver. Blue and silver, and it looked like this this guy. So in yeah. my head, like from from a from a kid on, like this is what I pictured as a knight, and so that's why I think I love this figure so much, is that it reminds me of that D and D figure. Was it Braveheart? No, not Braveheart. It was um, something like Silverheart or so, I don't know something. Maybe Silverheart, but he. I, I don't I think it's been said, so I don't think I'm spoiling any but I think it's been said that he was the inspiration for this figure. Oh, that's cool. Um the same way that like um Scapular Scapular? Scapular was inspired by remember that old um that old D and D like the static figures that didn't like move? They were oh, like yeah, PVC. Yeah. There's yeah. one of those. It's like a skeletal archer. And if you look yeah. at it, you're like, oh geez, that's it. You know, it's like the yeah. same thing. So it's definitely like, you know, like a little, I can imagine like a little Eric Treadaway had that when he was a kid that he had those figures, too. And these were like ones that stuck in his head because you're right, Curtis. It has that very exacting look right down to the mustache. Yeah. And the wings on the helmet. And yeah, it's just such a great figure. Yeah. And I think Stephen's right. Like you add the, the Heaven's Brand sword to it and it takes it to a, a whole nother level on top of that. Like. Uh, I I didn't I just got my Heaven's Brand sword not too long ago and you put that with it and it's like oh my goodness this is just this is already an A now it's an A plus plus you know so yeah he's very cool all right should I move on here yeah I'm gonna jump to I am going to jump to Sir Ignatius ooh one of my favorites. Because he his bio is um, is kind of integral to the story. So Sir Ignatius, as one of the few remaining knights from the Order of Ethereon's muddied past, Sir Ignatius Sir Ignatius's absolute faith is a source of inspiration for his brothers in arms. Once a denouncer of the order and its flawed ways, he was an integral part of the order's reformation and Sir Gideon's rise to leadership. After so many years of frustration with the very institution that he swore to serve, Sir Ignatius is finally at peace with himself as a warrior in this time of great unrest. Pretty cool. Very cool. He's one of the... I mean, do either of you have him? No. I do not. He is one of the coolest figures that does not show in pictures. Um, In hand, he's just super duper cool. I mean, if you guys have Gadriel... Is that, is that yeah. the angel? He's yep, like yep. that. You know, his his armor is like that, that pearlized kind of look. And but for some reason with the he just he's just really cool. And his his bio is I picture him as, you know, this grizzled kind of he's been around a long time. He's older. Yes. He's he's a leader. He feels like a leader amongst the men. To me. It, do, it doesn't surprise me that you like this character because I'm as we read that bio and it's talking about his absolute faith. I'm like, man, this guy could easily fit right into God's fire. Like this is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it just yeah. sounds like one of those kind of guys. 
Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. it's a it's a really cool bio. When you... all right, I'm gonna move to Sir Godfrey, and this is an interesting bio. It is. There's a lot to digest with this, so if I pause, then please bear with me. Sir Godfrey, the Templar Knights are an ancient sect that was once known as the Order of Etherion's Temple. Once beloved by all in Mythos, the Templars swore to protect Etherion's Temple, which was believed to be Etherion's final resting place and home to the Heavens Brand. But after the temple was taken by Necronominus many millennia ago and discovered to be empty, the disgraced Templars were banished from the Order of Etherion. They have operated clandestinely ever since, but now, under Sir Godfrey's leadership and Sir Gideon's guidance, the Templars have returned to the Order of Etherion. Ooh. That's there's a lot of meat to that story. Like that gives us a lot of information. And what I haven't heard anyone said about and I'm not saying no one has said it, but I just haven't heard anybody predict more more Templar stuff. Ah. Uh. That's that's my number one want out of this wave. Like I, I like the Dark Templars. I love you know Sir Sir Gerard. I love the regular Templars. I love this this character here. I do not have him, um, but yet anything Templar in this wave is exactly what I'm looking for. We could see yeah. a Templar horse, you know, a proper yeah. temp, a proper Templar cool. horse with the, you know Templar markings and. And everything. I mean, this is all stuff that could would just probably blow my socks off if I saw it because I like a like a white horse with a black mane and a, and like the coverings. Yeah, that would yeah. be. I mean, we've all really seen cool. the cloth kits that have been third party stuff, and they're sure. really, they're really super cool. I'm not taking yeah. anything away from them, but um, I would love to see the horseman's take on a very decorative, fancy uh, steed. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's funny. I'm not as versed in this faction. So I, I kind of thought the Templars were just like the builders of this fact. Like, I, I didn't realize that they were their own, like, sect within the faction. So so that's something I wasn't really aware of until I started, like, reading a lot of this. Yeah, like Godfrey re- reports to Gideon. Right? Right. Right, but they're, so it's almost like they're the, I don't know, like the they're 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 like the Marines, and, and they're reporting to like the, I don't know, where the Marines report to, like the U.S. government. I mean, they're they're, yeah. they're they're division of of an army. Right, right. I, I didn't really like realize that that they were, you know, so they were once the Temple Guardians, and they guarded what they thought was the Heaven's Brand Sword. Right. So they thought for for however many years that the Heaven's Brand Sword was in this temple and that they were protecting it. And it turned out it wasn't. So they were like, Frauds. you know, oh, yeah. Oh, so they kind of lost a little faith. And what did they do during that time? Who knows? But it's really uh, it's really cool. It's, it gives it a lot of depth. The story. Some named oh. Templar characters would be really cool, too. Yes. Well, like, you know. Like another named guy that is has a story to do with the Templars, and yeah. that would be really cool. I would like some unhelmeted Templars, like you know, not only named but give me a face, you know. You know that was always my first thought when they talked about doing the head pack. You know, mm-hmm. was like 
That's yeah. what I went on. That's what I was is like, okay, we're going to see an unhelmeted Sir Godfrey. Yeah, and, that'd be cool. You know, and we're going to, and then you can buy the head and now you got the, that, that's what I wanted to see. What we got was a little bit different and still pretty cool, but, um, I think that that would be really something really cool if they did that down the road. Yeah, I like that idea. I, I agree. I, and I think that's one of the reasons I wasn't so big on Ethereum faction because they were, they were kind of all a bunch of bucket heads to me. Um, you know, like I, not that I see that right away. And I think Legion, I look at him and I don't see much different than a normal Templar, to be honest with you, but give me an alt head that is a human head or, or a half the face at least showing. And that's a different story. Then I might like feel closer to it. Yeah. Well, that's probably why you see so many customs with the Templars, you know, I, I mean, agree. you take, take an old man Hawkeye head and throw them on there. And yeah, for those windy detox. <laughs> Yeah, you're ready to go. Okay, let's see here. Let's do um, let's do Sir Wayne. Uh, the first right. region I ever opened. Really? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. All right, Sir Wayne. As a skilled warrior and master swordsmith, Sir Wayne is an indispensable member of the Order of Theron. He is world-renowned for the intricate detail that he pours into every blade that he creates and equally revered for his prowess wielding them. Possibly more important than his skills with the sword is Sir Owain's jovial good nature. In the direst of times, even the thinnest sliver of light can help fracture the darkness. I want, I want, I want some Earl, Sir Owain weapons. Mm-hmm. I do too. I want Sir... I want a Sarah Wayne head without the helmet because I want to see a happy, jovial, laughing kind yeah. of older guy. Yeah. Like beer, beer drinking, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. what they're telling us with the bio, but I don't get that with the helmet. <laughs> yeah. We need order of Ethereum head pack. Talk to yeah. someone to make that happen. Do we know anyone? <sighs> Nobody that'll listen. It, do you think that that's something that they could do i mean we've seen other packs hands pack feet packs um do you think that that's something that they could surprise us with is is just some extra heads for templars or whatever i don't know how that would work on a tooling budget because mm. everything would have to be brand new tooled gotcha and to you know that would be a lot more of an expensive head pack than what we're getting i would think because yeah what is there one new? There's one new sculpt in that, right? Yeah, the vampire the one. Vampire. Right? And yeah. So as much as I'd like to see it, I think that's gonna that that stuff only is gonna really happen with a 2.0. But it. But if you give me a head pack, let's say you give me, you know, four heads in a pack or five heads in a pack. Guess what? I gotta buy five more Templars. <laughs> so you know. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's always cool, like, as a 3D printer or a 3D provider of parts, to be like, oh, well, you could, all of them, all of these 3D companies could make their own. But they can't, it's, it can't be official, so that's no fun. Yeah, I mean, you can't. <laughs> like, make, I want I want the horseman to say, this is what a Wayne looks like. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know? can't make, right. like, a jovial a Wayne 3D part and call it a Wayne two yeah. or and that would be against the rules so It'd be against yeah. the rules and i wouldn't want to do that because it's, not, it's no. not it's not for us to do 
Because you know darn well that Eric has that in his head. You yeah. know that he has the picture of this guy's face in his head. Well, I asked Cornboy once a long time ago. It's probably on a, it's most likely on a My Wife's Gonna Kill Me interview. I said, are there sketches of what these guys look like with their helmets off? And he said, yes. Yeah, I believe it. There That's has cool. to be. That's This guy is awesome. Sora Wayne is awesome. I want to meet him. I want to meet him. I want to drink a beer with him. Do you have him? Do you have the figure? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He just came out in All-Stars 4. Yeah. Did, did, yeah. Does it make you like the figure more? Like, all of Reading a sudden, the, are you like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I want to go open them and take them out and play with them. And, <laughs> yeah. But but it's also, like, in these early waves, you know, obviously they couldn't just go and, okay. and make a new head for every single character and all this and that. But isn't that great about the new waves that we're getting? Like, we get so many new parts and new, you know, different size characters and all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I, it seems like every wave gets a little bit better than the one before it. And I don't know what's coming. And I, I just know that we're going to be, you know, we're talking about G-Con. And for me, uh, like, I'm looking more forward to G-Con than I am Legion's Con or Intern. Because just being there live and seeing these figures for the first time in their prototype stage uh, it's kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I'm just so excited about what we might see. And another thing, I, and, and that, I, you're going to love it, and it's going to be awesome, and I'm, I'm just as excited as you. But but we are getting this stuff now because basically that's kind of what we got with Magnus. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be like in the old days they couldn't have given us Magnus's head because, you know, so they would have given us the bucket head, right? It right. would have been that, and it would have been the same bio and everything else, but then we wouldn't sure. know what Magnus, but now we get Magnus's real head. I mean, imagine what Owain coming with a face and then the other bucket head, if you want to put that on him, it would have just added, but it, but it was... Or if you want him the, to hold it, you know, yeah, if you want him yeah, to yeah. in a pose or something, yeah. Super cool. The, the upgrades that we've gotten, you know, over the years, that, for really, that the no, early waves no paved money. the way for and the, yeah, the, the prices. Yeah, like some of these figures, like we're getting, you know, two, three sets of hands in a pack, like with one figure or two extra heads. You know, it's like, and, and the prices aren't really going up compared to, you know, you look at other stuff that you see in the stores. It's ridiculous. Yeah. All right. All right. We ready? Uh, yep. I'm going to do Sir Galeron. Is that how you guys say it? Yep, yep, yep. Galeron. I was trying to find him. All right. Although Sir Galeron is one of Gideon Heaven's brand's most noble and heroic allies, there is a subtle darkness lurking beneath the surface. As a spearman and st standard bearer in the Aetherian army, he invariably seeks to be on the front lines in every battle. Galeron is fueled by not only is fueled not only by his innate goodness but by an unquenchable thirst for a revenge against those responsible for a mysterious event in his troubled past. Woo. Beautiful figure. Beautiful character. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, for, for the listeners who don't have that in front of him, or if you're, you're driving on your way to mythic weekend and you can't look him up, he is the um, gold, right? He's like no. a bronze and gold mix. No, he's like a burgundy. He does not look anything like this picture. All right. 
It's he's really. In fact, I'll go get him for you guys because this is. I have easy. heard he's he looks different, but I've yeah. not. Yeah, the pictures he looks like picture. bronze. He looks bronze with gold uh, trim and a purple plume. It's a it's an odd bio. It talks about a darkness. It talks about revenge, but then it also says fueled by not only his innate goodness. So like that's that really seems like a conflicted character. You've got innate goodness in you and darkness and revenge. Yeah, he, you know it's interesting too. He's got that purple plume. Mm-hmm. So most of them are red, right? Uh, well, isn't uh. Girl. Uh, Heaven's Brand, uh, the the girl Gwendolyn. She's Gwendolyn, got purple, yeah, she right. got a she does blue too. Blue. And her color in the pictures look very similar. Oh wow, look at that! So Steve, for for our listeners, Steve's holding up his to to our camera that we use here, and um, it is a very burgundy look to it. It's very different color scheme than what we see on the pictures. Yeah, um, like maybe there was a little over light saturation on the pictures. That we see on on um, Source, it definitely has a very burgundy look. It actually looks a lot cooler in person. Yeah, because on the think. pictures on online, the cross on his face almost matches the helmet color. But when you look at the picture that, or you know, the one that Stephen was just holding up, you can tell the cross is way different than the the color of the helmet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So I'm going to assume, Stephen, now the accessories that has listed is just shield with clip, battle axe, and spear. He doesn't come with the, um, he doesn't come with the standard, with the flag? No, he did not come with the standard. Oh, that's interesting. Because he's the standard bearer, so I, see, I would think yeah. that he would have came with that, but okay. No, but that first Kickstarter came with that, those standard Oh, the set. Set, yeah. so it would have been in there. There you go. Cool. All right. Anyone else? Anything else to say about him? If not, just that no. he's cool, and I would, you know, I think I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not at all predicting or hoping that we get like a bunch of 2.0 figures for this because I want to see new stuff. But it would be pretty cool if they picked one of those super hard figures that nobody can get their hands on without without spending a fortune, like Sir Galeron. And did a 2.0 in those, you know, in his colors, and, and then gave us an unhelmeted head, and jazzed him up. I mean, I think people would would really like that, as long as we got a bunch of new stuff too. Yeah, I don't. When, when I first got into the line, you know, I, I, like everybody else, you go and look at eBay and you try to get these figures that you like, these old characters and stuff. And because I like the new stuff that comes out so much more, like I don't even. It doesn't bother me that I don't have some of these older figures as much. Um, now, it does a little bit once we start reading the bios and I hear how, how integral they are to the story. Um, but just in terms of look, uh, I'm I'm satisfied with whatever new they give us. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree, too. And I think as a company, that's something that they like to do, too. They They really like to move forward and not, like, you know, I'm actually sometimes I get surprised that we do get the 2.0s, even though they are extremely different and 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 very cool artistic takes updates on the old ones. Um, I it's hard, you know, sometimes it is hard to move backwards on things like that. But yeah. I, I got to be honest, I was not very excited about like Artemis 2. Mm-hmm. 
But now that I have her, she's a beautiful figure, and she's a drastic mm-hmm. upgrade, and I really, really love that figure. I agree. I agree. All right. Sir Valagard? Sir Valagard. As a veteran warrior who once fought under Sir Gabriel Heaven's... Hey, everybody, let me just restart that. (laughs) (laughs) As a veteran warrior who once fought under Sir Gabriel... Gabriel... (laughs) Gabriel! Gabriel! Yeah, my brain keeps on saying (laughs) Gideon. I've been saying it all night. As a veteran warrior who once fought under Sir Gabriel Heavensbrand's leadership, Sir Valagard offers wisdom and guidance to Heavensbrand's son, Sir Gideon, in the newly enlightened age of the Order of Atheron. Long ago, the Order was a shining star among the factions and was both devout and righteous. But as time passed, the faction became corrupt, deteriorating into an institution afflicted by greed and discrimination that sought to sever the needs of only the wealthiest denizens of mythos. Serve the needs, sorry. To serve Serve the the needs. needs. Right, right, that's important, not sever. To serve the needs. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big difference. As the first in a new wave of non-human warriors to join the faction, Sir Valagard is an inspiration and a true symbol of the Order of Atheron's return to greatness. An interesting note, this is a 1.0 Kickstarter exclusive figure. This was a figure that was made as a Kickstarter exclusive, and it's been said and promised that it would never be remade, that they would never offer this again in this form as an all-star. I'm so bummed I only so, have three of them. Wait. <laughs> I don't, when they I say, don't have three, I have one. When they say here, um, uh, as first in a new wave of non-human warriors, are they just saying because he's a dwarf? Or yes. Or dwarf is not human? No. He's a dwarf. Well, humanoid or human would be the race, so his race is dwarf. Okay. All right. Gotcha. I thought they were saying that he was... You know, I, I always assumed dwarves were still human. They were just, you know, but I thought they were saying maybe he was like some other race. But okay, his character gotcha. details specify his race is dwarf. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. So he's old again. He's another old guy. He's he was uh, once under Sir Gideon's father. The question is, is if, if Sir Gideon is the one who immediately took over after his father, does that mean his father is the one that let it all get screwed up? It's kind of what I'm guessing. Yeah. What yeah. it sounds like. So his father's kind of the guy that was uh, sleeping at the switch there and kind of wasn't kind of made it a little corrupt. Maybe. Or maybe he didn't make it corrupt. Maybe he just wasn't strong enough to stop it from getting corrupt. Right. He could still be a good guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any of these bios or any of the history we have really gets into like what specifically happened to overturn the way that it was. Like, was there some almost like was there a conflict? Was there almost like a civil war between them or, or you know, right. I wonder how that went down. Don't know. Interesting. He's a cool figure, though. It looks really neat. He's got the wings, uh, gold and purple. 
the you know classic dwarf bearded head, and then he's dwarfy. He's cool. He's dwarfy. Yeah, right. Gotcha. He's got the dwarf t- the dwarf boots and the dwarf hands. He is. He is dwarfy. Yeah. All right. Time to move on. Let's go to Gwendolyn Heavensbrand. Her brother Gideon may be the face of the Order of Atheron, but Commander Gwendolyn Heavensbrand is its fist. This skilled warrior and strategist remains a step ahead of her enemies at all times as she commands her troops from the front lines. Her hardened outlook is often at odds with her brother's idealistic leadership, but her grit is essential to the Order's survival. So she's a badass. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Listed as a paladin, that's that's interesting, right? I like the uh, the helmeted plume look with the raised face shield. I think that's a way to like you you can still see her face, you can still see the character, uh, but at the same time, it's still armored. I like that better than the completely non-helmeted look, in my opinion. Yeah, I honestly I do like them both, but I agree with you, Curtis, because it does it gives you the best of both worlds. It gives you a little bit of everything, and the paints well, on the figure are absolutely gorgeous. This figure you, is, you, is is beautiful. Yeah, Len Len likes that helmeted one because it's like a hat. So oh, absolutely, <laughs> he'd really like absolutely. It if, he just wouldn't like it if she had a mustache. Gotcha. No. No. Mustaches. The detail with the, the purple and the gold mix really well, like on the the trim of her torso and stuff. She's the yeah. as far as color scheme and everything about this figure, it, it's it's eye candy. It's beautiful. It kind of makes me. I feel like this figure. The only thing I don't like about its bio is that, like, I'm all pumped up for like Sir Gideon, and then she's like, oh, he's just an idealist, and she's the she's the muscle, and it kind of kind of seems to kind of downgrade him in, mm. my, in my eyes i don't know if that's if i if i'm the only one that sees it that way but i don't know no i don't see it that i mean nobody's perfect but you don't have that perfect combination really you know she i see her as being maybe a little brutal a little black and white where he he can be a little more idealistic right i mean he, he sees more brighter side he he could have a little more compassion as a leader but she's the more right or wrong. Yeah, it's, it's um, paladin. Paladins don't paladins usually have a little bit of a, like a magic or a healing type of um, thing to I have no idea. A paladin. I believe so. I thought paladins rode rode horses. Like I don't know. Like they like when the new Voltron they call the the drivers paladins. I didn't know if there was something to do with being like a pilot or. I'm not sure. What no, I always thought that it was more of a um, like it had you had like a slight like healing type of factor or um, some type of magic usage. I could be. I wrong. believe you're right. Like it's it's yeah. not like a wizard or mage or something, but yeah, they typically have some sort of magic that goes with their fighting ability. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, so I think we I think I hit everyone right. Um, we have Hello. a night. I would I would say we probably want to talk about Delphina and then you got to get the you got to get the Birdman of course. Oh yeah, oh, we should yeah, I, yeah. I got to scroll up. Sorry about that. Okay, <laughs> let's do Gadriel. Sorry, Gadriel. 
Sirius, the great golden city in the clouds, is home to the angels of Mythos. Revered as sacred creatures, angels are known to be both powerful and wise. While they serve as guardians to the people of Mythos, angels generally avoid meddling in their affairs unless a great threat looms on the horizon. Gadriel, now exiled from Sirius, was banned for being too determined to protect the people at all costs. With a new home and her newfound allies in the Order of Atheron, Gadriel is a battle-hardened and devastatingly powerful force for the peace in Mythos. Okay, and for people that don't know who she is, she's an angel. She is uh, comes in like the deluxe set where she has the wings, um, the typical female type Templar, you know, knight look with the uh, tabard chest. Uh, she's got a big whacking hammer and two heads, an unhelmeted. So we have a nice face and a helmeted knight's head. She's a beautiful figure. And yes. the whole angel thing is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she could she could really uh, do some damage on the battlefield. It seems that's pretty cool. Yep. I, the paint job, the paint job on that torso is is really perfect. I love with the cross and the purple and white. Looks awesome. Webster's definition yeah. of a paladin paladin is a trusted military leader. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Or, well, the number two definition is a leading champion of a cause. Mm. Oh, okay. So, just food Thank for, you, Mr. Webster. Food for thought. I guess I played too much World of Warcraft. That's where I was <laughs> pulling from, Curtis, too. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, she's great. She definitely, you can tell just looking at her that she's a little different than the other um people from Ethereum, the other characters, um, just like Curtis said, because of that beautiful paint job, really, on the chest. And um, she comes with wings, so that's makes her pretty darn special. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Kind of a theme there, because Sir Ignatius was the devout guy, and he has that same armor, basically. The same pearlescent look. And right. then you go right all, all the way to an angel and she's rocking the same thing. It's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Delphina. Growing up near Ethereon's temple in the city of Etheros, Delphina was always fascinated with the Templar Knights and their holy temple. As she grew, the fact that the order was enigmatic, mysterious, and operated secretly ignited Delphina's imagination and nourished her desire to join the Templars. Delphina was 19 years old when Sir Gideon Heavensbrand reestablished the Templars, and they began to recruit new members. Although quite young to be a Templar knight, Delphina of Etheros has become a spirited and vital member of the Order. Okay. And she just has that very, very classic 2.0 body style. Very Templar, um, from the white, the mm-hmm. white background to the, the red cross on the shield carrying over the beautiful unhelmeted head, and the traditional the 2.0 type bucket head, or not quite bucket, 
Which is she has the a crossbow. Same, it's the same head as, um, what's her name? The unhelmeted head, isn't it? Just a different yeah. paint job. Uh, Gwendolyn, yeah. Gwendolyn. Yeah. Yeah, but the paint jobs are so different, like even the skin tone, uh, that it, they don't they don't look to the same, even if you hold them side by side. Yeah. Yeah, she's a great figure, she's, for sure. She is one of the more... She's very eye-catching. She's a great... Even though she's got the classic Templar look, um, very beautiful. See, and I look at the... I, I love this figure. It's great. But I look at this one and the, and the other Templar, and mm-hmm. I just wonder if they, if they were to do a new Templar on this wave, like, what else would they do? Like... I don't know that they would put that basic shield. I think they would do something cooler with a shield. Um, I'd like to see maybe some different armor, whether it's pauldrons or waist piece. Um, but I really do hope that we get something Templar in this wave. I think we will. I think we should. I think it'd be really right? fun. Yeah. yeah. Interesting note on her bio. Okay. So she grew up in the shadow of the um, the temple. Right. Mm-hmm. It says yeah. that she was grew up near Ethereon's temple and that she was always fascinated by the Templar Knights and their, and their holy temple. So she's 19 years old. So she lived. I'm taking that as she lived in a time where when the knights were there at the temple guarding the heavens, brand. guarding it. And then obviously they weren't anymore because they found out that the temple was barren right after necronominus took the temple and then she was at 19 sir gideon reestablished the templars when she was 19 so that gives us a time frame right of like what kind of what's going on there a little bit, yeah. it's a very short period of time from the fall of the templars to him reestablishing them so it's like a 20 year it could be like less than a 20 year span because we have to assume they said that she grew up now that could mean she grew up in the looking at the Templars like their history and not as a current thing, or the, you know. Well, that can happen in twenty years. Star Wars taught us that. I mean, Luke's only twenty, and people don't even remember Jedi's. So. <laughs> That's true. You're absolutely right. I so, I mean, yeah. but we were talking before about his father, so so maybe. I don't know. It's possible that the Templars fell while his father was in power, and then when he, when Gideon took over, that's when you know he reestablished them. I don't know. It could be, but it gives us a time frame though, like like Correct. less yeah. than less than nineteen year time frame, because right. you have to assume that she wouldn't remember them when she's one year old, probably not even two years old. Um, it's just interesting because I. I thought that it said in someone else's bio that Necronominus took the temple a thousand years ago. And they could. And they found, didn't they say they took the, didn't I read that? I don't think it said that. Where would you have read that? I think it would have been Sir Godfrey. It said, the Templar swore to protect Ethereon's temple, which was believed to be Ethereon's final resting place and home to the Heavens brand. But after the temple was taken by Necronomus's many millennia ago mm. and discovered to be empty, the, the disgraced Templars were banished from the Order of Ethereon. So she must have grown up in the new te- uh, under a new temple. 
Maybe it's I not the temple. It could, it could still be that the temple was there, just that it wasn't you didn't occupied. Have, you didn't have the uh, the Templars, so. Or maybe the Templars were there. Maybe the new Templars have have been around for twenty years already. Relatively short amount of time compared to the time that they were gone. Is that possible? Yeah, but it says she was nineteen when he reestablished yeah. the Templars. Hmm. So. <laughs> It yeah. says she was always fascinated with the Templar Knights and their holy temple. Um, so it may be okay. something where, like, she was she You're... was she was fascinated about the past, the history. Yeah, the that's stories. what I said. Yeah, yeah, the stories of them. And then they're like, like yeah, we're doing Templars again, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to be a Templar." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so. So Necronominus, they could have taken the temple. Discovered it was empty, abandoned the ruins, and for a millennia it was a ruined temple. Yeah, and she's she a... was fascinated by it. Yeah, growing up, the whole story of it, the lore. Maybe she played in the ruins of it. Yeah, she played in the ruins and looked at the hieroglyphics on the wall that told the story, and she's yeah. just staring at him as a little kid, wondering what they mean. And then some she guy comes down in and says, "Get out of pits. here!" and she runs away. And... Oh man. I got the whole story yeah. figured out now. There could be a whole backstory. She's rappelling down the pits, reading it on the walls, climbing back up, building strength and endurance. So then one day when she got the call, she was ready to reestablish the order. Yeah. I like it. Okay, now to big one, the big bird. Ethereon. Aeons ago in ancient mythos, Four brave warriors arose to combat the evils that were overrunning the land. The mighty Leodiceus, Basilia, Xylona, and the crowned eagle, Ethereon, were righteous and unyielding forces of nature. Armed with the heaven's brand, a sword bestowed with the power to purify the evil in enemy souls, Ethereon rained down like a mighty storm of unrelenting power from the skies. Although the heroes were victorious, they faded from sight soon after the triumph. In their absence, the four great armies of modern mythos formed to honor their memory and carry their noble cause forward to this day. Mm. So anyone that doesn't know, because this is, this is a rare one, we don't see this one a lot. This is Ethereon, and this is one of the birds. And this is one of the birds that is part of Mythic Legions, the line and the story. You know, the same buck, so to say, as the other birds that we know of. Um, but this is one that is actually part of this story and actually is a character Big in the line. The story. Huge part of the story. One of the two, very, very interesting. One of the two ways to get your hands on the Heaven's Brand Sword. Yes. It comes with yeah. this figure or you can get it in that first weapons pack. That came in the first Kickstarter one. So, this is a figure I don't have. Um, huh. <laughs> this is a figure I do have. You do, huh? Yeah. Do you have the Heavens brand? Mm. Of course. Oh, I thought you said you you sold the pack. I had the pack okay. that I sold. I have this. We might have to talk about a trade there, Lynn. <laughs> I don't know about that. 
Yeah, out of out of all the characters that we've looked at in these these two waves, if we were going to get a 2.0 version of somebody, this is the one I'd want. Um, not only is he super rare, and I you know he's an important part of the story that I'd love to have the figure, but I'd be excited to see what they would do now because that was you know obviously that's with the old bird parts. Um, if if they were going to do it again, I would assume that it would be something updated and new. Um, I'm ex- I would be excited to see what they could do with this figure if they did a 2.0 version. I agree. I agree. It's been, I think it's been said that, you know, they're never going back to this buck. Like this is done that we're not going to see this incarnation of a bird again. So it, I think you're absolutely right, Curtis. If we do see this again, it's going to be different and it would be really exciting to see how that, how that would be done. Hmm. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. It's a beautiful figure in hand. Um, The white in it is a really, it's hard to pick up in the pictures, but the white in the chest, um, it's a strong contrast white to the other parts of the, of it. Um, It's almost not like a painted white. It's like that's the plastic is the white. Like that's how like popping it is. Um, because it's not really like an ivory it's a very it's very distinctive like it caught my eye right away um and the belt is really neat because it's got all those little like doodads and things on it a scroll and things like that so it's a it is definitely a beautiful figure and it's it's super interesting because it's the only battle god figure that we have right i mean why why this one well uh be Zylona too right oh yeah you're right you're right and but we haven't seen the lion yet. No, and B- Basilia. Yeah. Is that the snake? Yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah, one of the great beasts, as we stumbled yep. upon last episode, me and Len, but with the great beasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then to round out, who else is in this? We have the. Amazing Templar Knight, the Steel Knight, and the Silver Knight, and the Gold Knight. And the Gold Knight would be very similar to your Silver Knight, and where it was like a just I think it was just like a one-off type of figure, like the Gold Skeleton. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a Legion builder. One of yeah that was offered in the first the first wave, and I passed on them because I said. I want more paint apps and regretted it. Yeah. From what I understand, I think a lot of people passed on the gold knight and the gold skeleton. I, I believe I heard different rumors of the numbers being very low with those. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't remember seeing a gold skeleton and I know Travis probably has one, but I mean, that's a, that's a rare figure. I had it. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I had it and I sold it. I actually, I actually got it at the, um, the in-stock sale. What was that one called? Remember the Exodus, Exodus? one? Exodus. Oh. Yeah, I actually got it in Exodus. Oh, wow. And it was late. It was like late at night at like midnight after the sale because they must have been going through and, and kicking people out that like went over the limit or like cheated or whatever. You know how they do that? Yeah. And they put them back into the system. So I remember I was sitting there refreshing the page and it, and it came up at like midnight and they were and I'm like, whoa, what the heck? And I remember it, it was exciting. 
but even back then, I mean, the value was pretty high. It was hard to hard to hold on to because he's not. He wasn't that exciting. No, he's not. <laughs> I I had yeah. I had one of a gold knight, um, and I customized it. This was before Ooh. he was worth a lot, and yeah, so. I kind of regret it because it would be kind of cool just to have it. No, now that now, now that Mythic Legions is far enough where it's like, oh, it's kind of like the history of the line, and here's the Gold Knight. I would just keep it as is if I Absolutely. had one now. Yeah. But no, that's pretty cool, guys. Um, I think we've talked a little bit throughout this about what we kind of want to see from this line. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a good chance uh, that this that the the knights end up stealing the show but uh we're we're gonna find out here in uh gosh a week from tomorrow wow yeah yeah crazy super cool well i hope that that helps your trip to uh wherever you're traveling to or if you want you know hopefully you listen to this before hopefully it gets you hyped up for what's to come um we're about done but before we leave we didn't really introduce curtis we just kind of assume people know who curtis is <laughs> curtis is around so much yeah. but uh we thought we'd take a few seconds here and, and and talk to talk to curtis curtis what's going on with you uh you are a mythic legions collector a uh, pretty deep into the line but you have not been around really all that long compared to compared to most yeah no uh only since the beginning of 2021 um actually steven you got me into the line which i really appreciate uh one of your reviews that you were doing online on lord dragool uh was was the hook and then uh and then i went to big bad toy store and got got sucked in from there so um really enjoying it I've uh, been customizing and painting, enjoyed that. Now working for uh, Wolf King Customs, doing a little bit of painting for Legion Shop as well. Um, and this will be my first Legion's Con, and I'm super excited. Um, just to, you know, I've met a lot of people in this community, made a lot of friends. I'm looking forward to meeting them. Uh, and then just to, to see everything and to kind of take in this experience. I know it's going to be a whirlwind. And uh, so I'm just going to have to make sure that I'm stopping and taking it in every now and then. For sure. And you're an old time uh, He-Man fan. You've been absolutely uh, you've been a fan of uh, one of my other ventures, podcast ventures, podcasters of the universe for, I don't know, it seems like the beginning. I don't know how early you jumped on with listening to that show, but um, how is, how does it compare now that you're deep into Mythic Legions, where, where I mean, is for me, I've talked about this, uh, Mythic Legions has almost overtaken Masters for me. Are, are you, you feel that way at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat. Um, when I got heavy into the Mythics, um, I was deep in the Origins line, and I got rid of all of my Origins. Uh, then the the masterverse start stuff started coming out and some of that's really cool and i just i just can't do it because i'm so heavy into into mythics the only line from masters i still collect is mondo um and that's just because i i absolutely love them um i mean they're they're probably as detailed a sculpts you can get without having a statue 
Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of my go-to version of, of masters of the universe, but yeah, the, the, the mythic vibe definitely has taken hold of me for sure. Do you think that's due to the line itself or is it due to the creativity that you're able to, um, the line lends itself to being able to customize and paint, pop and swap and do all these things. Do you think that's what really, really is the, is the point part that really sets it apart? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. I think the sword and sorcery nature of it is really cool. It's something that I haven't experienced since I was younger, you know, watching things like Conan and, and Beastmaster and, you know, those, those kind of movies, uh, really more my go-to jam. So, um, this stuff kind of strikes a chord with that. And then you add on top of that, the people in the community and how great it is and, and the customizing aspect of it. Um, and, and then, you know, for me, um, I've talked to, on a few other shows, I've, I've got some, uh, anxiety. I actually got a panic disorder and, um, when I'm painting, all of that goes away, like all the stress and everything else. Like when you're focusing on painting, ahead or, or whatever, um, all that stress kind of releases. And so that part of it is really therapeutic for me. Um, you know, but it's, it's the whole combination of all of that. And, I, and you know, like I said, when we go to Legion's con, I think all that's going to come crashing on me at once. And I just hope I'm able to kind of stay from being overwhelmed. So you'll be fine. <laughs> Thanks. Gonna be we'll right we'll be there with you. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Hey, that's, that's cool. Len? Curtis. Yes. You want to play a quick game? Sure. All right. If you don't want to, you don't have to. This is a new sure. thing. Okay. Wow. Calling it Len's four for four. This is super new. Okay. I don't even hey. know what he's doing. All right. You All ready? Right. It's yep. going to be four questions, lightning round style. You got four seconds to answer. First thing yep. that comes in your mind. Ready? All right. Favorite figure? Gorthok. Favorite faction? Uh, Aerithyr. Least favorite figure? Uh, the uh, Bryophytus. Favorite horseman? Oh man, I would the one that I've I've Three. had the most interaction with would be Cornboy, and I I love Cornboy, so I would have to say him. I, I right. but I'm sh- I'm looking forward to getting to meet uh, Treadway and and Jim. So. So I totally, Excellent. I totally would have said the wrong thing on that because when you said favorite horseman, I would have said Aerithyr. Because <laughs> ah, <laughs> Curtis and I are in the same wavelength. <laughs> That's cool. Um, Excellent. Well, thanks Those for are, you were fast. Thanks for coming on, Curtis. Uh, we 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 grabbed you at a, at the last second tonight within with minutes before starting to recording, and you were like, "Yeah, let's do it." So. I will. I was actually in um, in a call with with Emil painting, and you came in to grab one of us, and I was positive it was going to be Emil. So um, I was pleasantly surprised. Well, but I, I think saw, Emil had to go to bed anyway. I saw <laughs> Emil's face light up, and I thought that was beautiful. But I'm now going to crush him. <laughs> but he can't be mad at me because he's staying at my house in a day. So. Uh, you know. And you got him a new couch to to try out. Did so. get him a new couch. I can't wait to see that guy. I can't wait to see both those guys. But uh, people have heard enough about that. Hopefully, uh, yeah, like you said, hopefully you enjoy this. And um, 
Len, you, you got anything you want to say before we sign off? No, just, you know, everyone out there that's on the road, be safe. Be safe if you're up in the sky. Be safe if you're on the road. Get to New Jersey. Stop by with us and say hello. If you love Legion's cast, give us a like, right? That's a thing, right? Yes. Still, give us- like us somewhere, leave a review wherever you listen, and, you know, share it. Tell a friend, go into social medias and let people know that we are making a thing about something that you love. Well, that's it. We'll see you later. We'll see you after the festivities. We'll be back. We'll recap. We're going to have fun. So, but until then, we will see you on the land of mythos.